Hey there. Welcome to Dogs Are Smarter Than People, the quirky podcast that gives you writing tips and life tips and maybe a chuckle or two. <laughs> so like hey, such a grandpa. what a great start. <laughs> and maybe a chuckle or two. I'm Carrie. I'm the New York Times and internationally best-selling author of kids' books. And I'm Sean, her lovely co-host. <laughs> <laughs> We're married, and you can tell. Normally we start off the uh, podcast with a random thought. Sometimes that's in bed, sometimes it's in the car, sometimes it's in the office, but it's always random, like us. And then we'll give you a writing tip and a dog tip. And hopefully some good fodder as well. Thanks for sticking with us. Enjoy your day. What? What did you just decide? I said I just decided what I could get for a tattoo. <laughs> well, I know this recipe by heart, but I can never remember the measurements for the flour and the milk. So I could just get those two amounts tattooed somewhere oh my on gosh. my body. So I'll never forget. So it's a random thought in the kitchen, and uh, Sean just had a random tattoo idea because it's Sunday morning, and I have to move our recording device so he can put a giant <laughs> pan down. And Sean is making biscuits and sausage gravy, baby. And southern breakfast in Maine. Yeah. A lot of crap's going down in our country right now. <laughs> so you say. I... But Sean has not checked social media yet this morning. I read a news article about it, but as usual, the news was not as on top of it as Twitter appears to be. He was on the body when he read it. Oh, that's not good for a podcast. What, that little noise? Yeah, so Sean's uh, not making biscuits from scratch or nothing. He's, he's doing nothing. the very magical Pillsbury Doughboy biscuit making method. Yes. Hey, how do we get affiliate sponsors? Are you asking me? Yeah, do you know how you do that? Oh, maybe like, like Pillsbury? Yeah, like, like, hey, today's podcast was brought to you by Pillsbury's Buttermilk Pre-Made Biscuits and Jiminy B- Dean's Premium Pork Sausage Regular. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, dude, we gotta work that, person. man. We gotta work it. Yes. They should be paying us money to advertise their fantastic products. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so the, the country's going to crap, but in other exciting news, we finally grew up and got a spice rack. Oh yeah, we got a beautiful spice rack too, I love that. That was a good investment. We had been like, um, hey, there's another Amazon affiliate link. So we had been putting all our spices in a Lazy Susan in the, under the counter thing, and it was all the spices were sort of grouped in plastic or metal containers. They right. weren't, they're not real bins, and none of them were uniform. And in order to find anything, you had to pull out each bin and, like, look. And at one point, I had tried writing the spice names on top of the spice caps of red plastic and white plastic. But it was just hell. And every time we cooked, it was a really big deal. And so now, this is the most boring random thought ever. Is it really? Well, we're talking about a spice rack. Well, you brought it up. I know. I'm boring, <laughs> man. I'm so boring. I started out with something interesting. Everybody wants a tattoo. A, fl- a tattoo that says two cups flour? Uh, no, it's only, I know it's a quarter cup flour, but I just can never remember the milk. <laughs> that would be kind of a cool tattoo because it would be like quarter cup flour, <laughs> half cup milk. That's right. What makes Sean Ferrar Sean Ferrar? <laughs>
Nobody would ever know exactly what it went to. Oh, I think they all would. Unless they told them. They'd be like, quarter cup flour, half a cup milk, dash of hot sauce. What else are you made pepper. of, baby? A lot of pepper. <laughs> A lot of pepper. And sugar. And sugar. Writing tip of the pod. So, this week's podcast is called Sean's Flower Tattoo. And hyperbole is like the worst thing ever. Hyperbole is the biggest danger in the world? Yeah, that one. Really? That's hyperbole right there. Oh. Uh, so. What's hyperbole? We're going to get there, babe. Just going to get there. Okay. So this woman, Eileen Weintraub on the Huffington Post, has an article, that headline of which is... I'm a grown woman, and I still sleep with a stuffed animal. (laughs) I just wanted to hear you say that. So in her article, she says, George is my deep, dark secret, and I'm sharing our story now in the time of COVID-19 because so many of us are quietly struggling. I don't think that's a, I think if that's a true statement, when she means sleep, she means sleep. Like, I'm sleeping with my stuff down. No, that's not what she Because means. who cares? Okay, oh. we're, da, da. All right. All right. So, the article Sweet and Lovely and Poor Eileen had COVID-19 and was terribly sick and was even more stressed because George, her stuffed doggy, has been with her for 30 years and she didn't know if she had to go to the hospital if the stuffed animal would be able to go with her. And she was ashamed because stuffed animals are allegedly transitional objects. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I didn't know either. So, <laughs> transitional between boyfriends or girlfriends is what I thought. No, it's like from childhood. <clears throat> oh, ew, shine. What do you mean, ooh? No, I meant like, oh, we broke up. You're gone, bear. <laughs> like, like I, someone. I thought you meant something very, very naughty. Oh, no, no, okay. no, no. About stuffies anyways oh no 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 <laughs> she wrote <laughs> comes out who's really not my truth my mind. honey mind. not my young truth all right so she wrote i love my family but this little hound doesn't take up much room and he doesn't shift the sheets i don't have to explain myself to him he doesn't ask questions and he's always there a personal touchstone i can depend on george doesn't judge he never complains and I never have to cook for him. He never rummages through the fridge and tells me there's no food in the house. He doesn't leave towels on the floor. He doesn't bark while I'm on a conference call. George gets me. I think she needs new humans. When I was, and a new dog. When I was quarantined for 16 days as the coronavirus ravaged my body, no one in my family could touch me. I communicated with them via text or through a closed door. But George was there. He's so quiet that it would be easy to forget him. I never do. George is my dark secret, deep dark secret, and I'm sharing our story now in the time of COVID-19 because no matter how strong, confident, or successful a person may appear, the truth is that many of us are quietly struggling. When everything seems hopeless, when it looks like we will never get out of the hellfire that is 2020, perhaps it's okay to admit to finding softness and comfort from something as simple and familiar as an old Threadbare stuffy. Which is very sweet and lovely. But God bless this lady, because if George the stuffed animal in her bed is her deep dark secret, what a friggin' nice life she's had. I totally agree. Like. Yeah. And that brings us to the word hyperbole. What is hyperbole? 
Hyperbole is basically defined as an exaggeration that people use to emphasize an effect. It's extravagant. It's Oh, I wrote a swear word here. I'll say it for it. No, don't say the real swear word. It's BS. It comes from the Greek word for... Excess. Which rhymes with BS. BS. Um, I'm not sure if this deep, dark secret is hyperbole for her, but it really feels like it to me, right? Yeah. And the problem with hyperbole is that it's not truth. It's inauthentic. It's the tool of politicians and apparently op-ed writers and creative nonfiction writers. And we're all freaking too used to it. We don't examine the extravagant claims of influencers, writers, and other influencers and tweeters and all the, you know, like everywhere. And headlines and tweets and speeches and emails and subject lines of those emails are all just full of hyperbole that's for sure in writing fiction especially hyperbole can be a brilliant tool like it's not all bad like mm-hmm. here sean's gonna give you a monty python bit about not being completely rich you were lucky we lived for three months in a brown paper bag in a septic tank we used to have to get up at six o'clock in the morning clean the bag eat a crust of stale bread go to work down the mill for 14 hours a day and when we got home our dad would thrash us to sleep with his belt That's an example of hyperbole, right? And it's funny because it's humor. It is. Right? Yeah. But people aren't using it for humor anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they are, but it's like, uh, totally. Well, Monty Python people were lucky because I had to live in a septic tank and we didn't even have a brown bag. Yeah, we didn't either. (laughs) Anyways, so the problem here is, for writers, you can use hyperbole, but don't use it in your nonfiction. Even Aristotle ancient freaking aristotle was anti-hyperbole saying all the way back then that it was amateur and childlike and it was the tool of bad angry politicians he was right i know dang go aristotle so why is it wrong about many a thing but right about this so why is hyperbole bad it's bad because it's used to manipulate us and our emotions it makes normal things suddenly feel over the top excessive the deepest and darkest of secrets or the most terrifying moments of existence a teddy bear or a stuffed doggy in your bed should not be the deepest and darkest of Man, secrets. Man, if it is, you are lucky. Hyperbole is when someone yells at you for your opinion or your actions and you call it a, an attack in which you are in fear of your life. It's when pushing for your agenda and twisting truth so that you can be the savior of the victim, you know, for yeah. the victim. And it's dangerous as heck. That is what hyperbole is doing right now, right? Yeah. What? What baby? I, I thought that should say, say A-H instead of A-F. Oh. It's dangerous as A-F. Ah. Anyways. So, hyperbole is normal now. And we're used to seeing the exaggeration of truths becoming lies. And that article by Eileen, who's probably a really, really lovely woman, is an example of that. But even more so, we see these every day. We see the articles that are like flashing across our SEO and our news feeds. Mm -hmm. The articles that are saying, oh, you're going to be instantly a nationally international best-selling book writer or super fit in three weeks or five easy steps. That's hyperbole. (laughs) That politician is not going to save your country all by himself or herself. That person with a different opinion than you does not deserve to die. That's for sure. And everyone who has a different opinion on you doesn't think you deserve to die. 
I saw that all over Twitter this morning. I bet you did. It's BS. Hyper, and it's hyperbole. Hyperbole pulls us away from the truth. In the excess and exaggeration often comes this otherness, an us versus them mentality that prevents us from finding truths and middle roads. And we become so engrossed in it that we see a story about a woman's deepest, darkest secret being about sleeping with her stuffed animal. And we believe that. We just take that in. And we don't think, what? That's your deepest, darkest secret? I mean, you do because you question everything because you're Sean. But (laughs) we've got to return to truth and to discourse and to authenticity. And we have to do it before it's too late. Before that extremism is the norm. And exaggeration is a de facto position for all of us. Right? Before we forget what the truth even is. That was... I'm very upset. I can tell. I know. Gabby's upset too, if you can hear it in the background. So now, what's that got to do with writing in a nutshell? Writing Mm -hmm. is to be authentic. It's not about the hyperbole, except for comic effect usually. And you have to be true in everything, or else you lose what truth even is. That's right. And the best novels and the best poetry and the best creative nonfiction articles that resonate and make a difference and call you to action are the ones that are detailed with truth and not the BS. In fact, not fiction. Yeah, man. Right? Nice job, love. Nice job, you. I understand what hyperbole is now. Yay! My work here is done. (laughs) Dog tip for life. Boy, I just got the greatest speech by my coach. I'm ready to roll. You are ready. You got leave, it. I'm going to leave everything on the field. Win or lose. Win or lose. Doctor for life, Sean. So Sparty is the most hyperbolic animal I've ever First seen in my life. I almost did. Because he's, he's always there. He's like part of our family. That's why I would refer to him as a person, even though he's a dog. And everything. Gabby says no. You could hear her shake her head. <laughs> Every time Sparty thinks he needs something, what's his response? Or his action? It's hyperbolic. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he wakes up in the middle of the night and he thinks he's got to go to the bathroom. Oh, it's the end of the world. Scratching at the side of the bed. This, this, this morning he was literally putting his paw on the mattress trying to wake me up. Yeah, he taps like, the mattress. Pa, pa. Same way when he needs to come in. It's like he's trying to tear down the door. Mm-hmm. It's the end of the world. It is. Yeah. 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 And it's effective. Yeah. But it's negative. Yeah. It creates negative emotion in us sometimes. But we usually do what the heck he's asking for. Right. And that's the danger of hyperbole, isn't it? The negativity sometimes. The danger is that. And then, like, if you're smart enough, like, you're eventually going to be like, dude, it's not end of the world. You keep saying it's end of the world. But it's not in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I know. We, yeah. we almost politicized our conversation. Us? No, Sparty and I. Oh, how? Well, because he was being so pro-hyperbole. Oh. I almost called him something. Oh, really? Yeah, but I don't want to say it. No, because... It's of... not a political discussion format that we have here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> not overtly, at least. Not overtly. <laughs> He said, stop trying to keep me down.
Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please like it and subscribe. You can find it anywhere that podcasts are because I don't know why. They haven't kicked us off yet. Yeah. Yeah. And you can join over 250,000 people who have listened to this podcast. Man, you've been saying that number for a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's really 200,000. I don't even know. How. It's a big number. Sweet. Anyways, the music that we've clipped and shortened in this podcast is awesome and it is made available through the Creative Commons license. If you go to our show notes on Carrie Jones Books blog or Dogs Are Smarter Than People, you can find out who this artist is and what their song is and even go to their artist website. But it's Summer Spliff and it's by Broke for Free. And you can find out more about my books and all that kind of stuff in my writing class. And I teach and I edit things by checking out Carrie Jones Books, C-A-R-R-I-E-J-O-N-E-S Books. Yeah. Dot blog. I got to tell you real quick. Oh, no, honey, don't. No, I just want to say that you're the best editor, teacher, writing coach ever. Oh, that's very sweet. Okay. Very sweet. I mean that. I can tell from your students' reactions when I overhear them in the class, Zoom classes and I read your reviews and your emails. I love you. You're amazing. Thanks for listening.